Profitia de la Granjo de Olivier Yahoo because he is. Did I do that right? I mean, that was the, incredible. I, I was like, yeah. have you studied French before? Bask in the greatness of Olivier Giroud, everybody. It is Chelsea mic'd up. We will recap the Tottenham game, don't worry, but we will celebrate the handsome man, as Mike Golick Jr. once dubbed him here on Chelsea mic'd up. Olivier Giroud, a striker unlike any in the world right now, a striker without real precedent. This is nutty, this is wacky, and oh, by the way, Chelsea have a good team. They got a real good team. Vamos! Olivier Jawood! Olivier Jawood! <laughs> Olivier Jawood! And Olivier Jawood! Say four, it four times. times for all the goals. Four times. And just brilliant on pretty much each and every goal. He does something that is impressive. And not overly athletic, at least it doesn't seem, but it, his body control, those feathery finishes, that feathery hair. I know <laughs> I'm a broken record with this guy, but he is quickly climbing my all-time favorite players list because there's really no one like him. And I know we talked about it two weeks ago, the elephant in the room. You got Euros staring down at you like the barrel of a gun, right? Olivier Giroud, the handsome man, the meaty French forehead. He wants more regular playing time, but there is a role here at Chelsea. And Whatever the role is, it doesn't look like Olivier Giroud wants any less of it, right? He doesn't want to let go of what he has, and he's coming for more. The only problem is, prior to maybe the Spurs match, he was backing up the most informed striker in the Premier League in Tammy Abraham. So, I, I, no, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it, Chris, because what I was going to do was, where does Frank Lampard go from here, and there are all these problems? Pshaw. Pshaw. <laughs> I want to celebrate... Chelsea winning this group. Now, I know Sevilla was missing Dijon and Ocampos, important players for them, but still a good team that they fielded, and certainly not one that should have lost in the fashion that they did to Chelsea, which means Chelsea are good. That's right. <laughs> Chelsea are good. We're good. We're good. There is a trophy somewhere in this season. It's not going to be the Carabao, which pains me deeply. Pour one out. As you, we care about it over here on Chelsea Mic'd Up. But this is beginning to look like a special team that is on the beginning of a run. 100%, especially because you win the Champions League group away from home against Sevilla, who have incredible pedigree in European competition, who are a good side managed by a good manager. You make nine changes including bringing in a strike and Olivier Giroud, and as much as we talk about how we're going to talk about how good he was in this game, the biggest conversation about him is how little he plays and how Chelsea need to find playing time for him. You throw him in as, it almost felt like, all right, we'll throw you a bone and you can play, right, in this game that maybe we're not taking it seriously because they made nine changes. And it's not just that you make nine changes, it's that in previous games, Pick your best 11. It almost picked itself. It made complete sense. So when you bring in Emerson and Aspiliqueta and Jorginho, who at times has, has looked out of the team, Hudson Adoy, who didn't even make the bench for the game against Spurs, you have all these guys that you're chucking in there and hoping you get a good outcome. To go in 4 0 away from home in the Champions League against a good side, I mean, it is the ultimate marker. And not just for, you know, what Chelsea can do in this Champions League, because we had Luis Miguel Echegaray on the pod, and he was talking about how 
Chelsea are kind of built with their continental talent to compete well in the Champions League. But in the Premier League as well, how they're defending, again, another game where you leave it going, I don't remember that many chances for the opposition. There's so many aspects of strength right now, for me the most of which is that you scored four goals away from home without really any of your, in, in, in recent times, best attacking players on the field. Ziyech, Werner, Tammy, Mason Mount, Reese James and Chilwell as fullbacks, all on the bench for this one, and you still look prodigious in the attack. Forget about what this would have looked like last year if these two teams met. Sevilla, kings of Europa. However, I, I will say, uh, with this result now, I think we can all say, well, I'm not sure you can be proud of it. If we were in that competition year in and year out, we'd be it because we never lose it. Either way, I mean, forget about last year. Think about how different this match was the first leg over at Stamford Bridge. This team is getting better. I mean, what are we going to nitpick? The fact that Christian Pulisic was aggressive? I guess I can nitpick. Uh, Mason, your finishing has to be better there. You, you mishit it again. Um, why can't you always hit it the way that you did on the valve? Uh, against wol- Wolves, uh, Christensen, Rudiger, good. Uh, y- y- you've had Aspilicueta, who's just like, I love him in this role. We said that last week. Edward Mendy, everywhere. I mean, for Christ's sakes, we brought on N'Golo Kante as a sub and Hakim Ziyech as a sub, and those are two guys that I would have in my top five right now in terms of guys to highlight as Premier League player of the season. The team is starting to get healthy. The team is starting to realize how to play with another. I do like the idea of having Pulisic and Giroud as a unit. Like, mm-hmm. if Pulisic is out there, Giroud is out there. Timo still kind of trying to find his way because he's not... I think you and I agree. We both fancy him as a center forward, but we also love having an but informed might, but Tammy. But he might be the third choice center forward right now. <laughs> we love having an informed Tammy out there. We love having uh, Olivier Giroud out there. So maybe he's going to have to be at the left wing, which CP10, that's going to be a problem for him. But you've got to have to find a way to make all these guys happy. And who knows? Like It's very rare for this Chelsea team. We haven't seen it. This is the first time that it seems as though all those attackers are starting to get fit, right? So I don't know if this is going to be a problem for long to manage, but I trust Frank Lampard to do it. Do I give credit to Frank Lampard for improving a player as old as Olivier Giroud? Because honestly, Olivier Giroud has never been this. What is going on here? I mean, the the ultimate book on Giroud, we've... We've actually kind of extolled the virtues of it, right? Because, like, you want to explain, right, to someone who's new to football, new to Chelsea, right? Okay, maybe this guy, he's a striker, right? You expect this guy to score goals. He might not score goals, but let me tell you why he's still really good, right? You had to, like, explain it in a nuanced way when the ball comes to him. He receives it with his chest, builds up the play well. You mentioned that combination with Pulisic. Gets, you know, really good combination with wingers like Hazard and, and Pulisic before, you know, before him. So there's all these nuances, but now... There's a couple of occasions he's played in running to his right. The first time he cuts it back, left foot, bang. The second time, right foot with the chip, a right-footed finish from Giroud. Like, what are we talking about? What and is then- happening? What, Chris, what is happening with this player? It's not supposed to work that way. What is the closest comparison? I mean, is it is it a French striker thing? Because Benzema was a lot better last year than he'd shown previously. But you can just say, well, he was playing a reduced role next to Ronaldo. 
I don't understand this. The only comparison that there is is Zlatan, but Olivier Giroud was never compared to the likes of Zlatan, who at his peak was arguably a top three player in the world. This is a guy that unfairly has been made fun of because of his goal-scoring record. He is not Zlatan. He is playing. He's treating the Premier League and Cup competitions as if he is Zlatan in MLS right now or Zlatan in in Syria let's be real because he's been phenomenal this year Olivier Giroud is a walking conundrum I have if you can see in my frame right now I have a still photo of him just on my tv because he is the angel on my shoulder but the devil is finished sometime he's also the devil on my shoulder because you can maybe levy the accusation that he kind of resembles the what we all perceive the antichrist to be either way i still love the man he is so good and chelsea gotta hold on to this player through this window i swear please lord jesus please angel please possibly antichrist looking olivier Giroud over my devilish shoulder please stay don't go i know everybody wants you because you have have such a skill that is in demand you put the ball in the back of the net please continue to do it for Chelsea because we saw against Tottenham we could have used aerially how is he so good aerially how how he I can't even jump how is he so good like he shouldn't be able to jump especially with that lid weighing him down the guy (laughs) is incredible there is no one like him I know I sound like a broken record and I love that we're on repeats here in Chelsea mic'd up because the more I say it it means the more he's doing it and this guy has been as consistent as anybody on this team over the last few years you don't win Europa League without him the guy was a prodigious goal scorer in that competition and you want to laugh at it fine top four clubs that year whatever he's doing it now to your teams week in week out you better hope when that team sheet comes out that Olivier Giroud isn't on it if you're an opposing team right now you better hope that he gets a rest day you better hope that someone else is in form because the last thing you want to see is that beautiful lid trotting onto the pitch the guy is amazing Chris Whittingham and how many times it's funny because we've been joking off air about how many times has Ole Gunnar Solskjaer been in danger at Manchester United he's always 2-0 down at Southampton and they come back to win 3-2 and Ole survives again how many times have we done with Olivier Giroud oh it's D-Day he's not playing and you know it's you know one start in his last eight and he's talking about he needs to play for France so he's got to get some more minutes yeah look what Le Kuip is saying about him wanting to go to Inter Milan oh the world is burning and then what right. is what happens Chris you he tell them what goals. happens he scores, he scores four goals well, no, maybe not four maybe a brace <laughs> four four was pretty crazy I love yeah. that when he drew the penalty and he was looking around like what? You, you, want, you, you want to take this off me? No what? chance. Which, by the way, uh, the perfect hat trick is described as left foot, right foot, uh, header. Can we add penalty to that? Can we like? Can we make it an even more perfect hat trick than it already was? That's he a perfect did. way. That's an even more perfect way to describe it for an even more perfect human being. Okay, the guy is just the best. He left Arsenal. There was a video of him saying thank you, Arsenal, as he held up a European trophy. I love Olivier Giroud. I love the manager right now, who in loss in this performance is Frank Lampard, continues to get world-class improvements. Doesn't matter your age. As has got dipped into the fountain of youth. Look how much better everybody is. This is very exciting development over at Chelsea. Frank Lampard made signings. He improved the team. Yeah, I mean, look at the... Look, just do this. You see the starting 11 against Sevilla? 
When it came out, Chelsea Twitter freaked out. Like, wow, we expected rotational, but this? Look at all those names. Christensen, Emerson, Rudiger. These were guys you needed last year. Needed them. You weren't finishing top four if you didn't get a, a better than okay effort. If you didn't get an exceptional effort from Rudiger and Christensen. Now you barely even notice that they're playing. That's how good Kai Havertz got just marched from box to box, essentially, mm-hmm. and had, had an assist. And he's been a slow starter. You could argue he, he struggled to come online over here at Chelsea. Both the German signings could be better for Chelsea right now. Sky's the limit for this team. I think they're a year ahead of schedule. I was super excited when they made the signings, Chris. Yeah. Thinking that they could win like a treble maybe next year and make it interesting in one of the cup competitions they were in. Maybe make it interesting in the league. Battle for the top of it and have us watching a meaningful title chase. But now, why not us? Which is a sentiment that I always send in my London is Blue uh, group chat. <laughs> why not us? <laughs> and again, you make nine changes and this is what real and legitimate squad depth is about and you know a lot of people have been talking about with Spurs right they're a really good start to the season that maybe Jose's style that's a little bit more you know put the handbrake on defensive not as much energy required is better for this season because you're playing so many games that you don't want to expend as much energy game to game well I think Chelsea having made all the signings in the summer one of the things that was kind of underrated is it might be really useful to have a 20 21 22 player squad where you feel good about any of those players playing. We, you know, we didn't even talk about, you know, Fakao Tamori didn't play in this game. He's their fifth center back. You'd be totally fine if he started a game. You're talking about 21, 22, 23 guys. You're totally of course, fine. Chris, they, it, of course I'd be all right with Fakao Tamori. Apparently the key to being amazing is not playing for a while. That's what Frank Lampard does. Fakao Tamori's got to come in and be prime Diago Silva. It's going to be amazing when Fakao... Can you imagine how good Marcus Alonso is right now? I can't even. He must be incredible. Billy Gilmore is going to come back and... Oh, my God! We couldn't even talk... There's so many storylines. I love... What a performance. What a Champions League campaign so far. They've won the group. Well, we may see Tamori. We may see Billy Gilmore. We may see some Academy products. We may see Kepa or Willie Caballero between the six uh, against Krasnodar. Thankfully, the uh, the group doesn't come down to this match against Krasnodar, so let's give some people run. Uh, and help make some people happy and maybe give some of these prospects uh, that are with the under 18s. Well, I don't really think you can do that with Champions League rules and all of that. But a rotational squad is now uh, something that you can benefit from because you don't need to go for points in this Krasnodar match. So massive result for Chelsea. A really fun match coming up in the Premier League. In the final segment, we'll talk a little bit about some of the things that maybe rubbed us the wrong way in that Spurs match because that's a big result for Jose Mourinho and Spurs. They, they seem to be a problem, but I think with a couple tweaks here and maybe a dab of hair gel uh, <laughs> and a certain je ne sais quoi, maybe that goes a little bit differently. But uh, let's talk to our guests. We're really excited about this, you and I being fantasy geeks over here at Chelsea Mic'd Up. Premier League fantasy expert, Premier League presenter, Olivia Buzaglo will be joining us here to geek out about all things Chelsea, the handsome man in Olivier Giroud, the the angel and devil on my shoulder, (laughs) and uh, where Chelsea are positioned, and maybe some Chelsea fantasy tips. How about that? That's coming up next. Watch every minute of every match. Download the Fifth Stand, the official Chelsea app. (laughs) 
Well, it's a tremendous day, I guess, Chris Whittingham, to have your your name start with O-L-I-V. And we bring on our next guest, making her debut here on Chelsea Mic'd Up, Premier League presenter Olivia Buzaglo. Uh, We have so many geeky fantasy questions for you right now, but uh, I know you're proper (laughs) Chelsea. You've done so much work with the club in the past. Watching what is... Technically, Chelsea's third striker. Score in the fashion that he did today. And I know Sevilla wasn't packing their best punch, right? They had important players that were injured. But this was a rotational squad for Frank Lampard. Olivier Giroud, we were talking about it in the previous segment. He's really unlike anyone in recent world football history. Him finding himself at this age. What can you say about the Frenchman? I haven't got any words to, I just lost for words every time he plays. I think he is the epitome of class. He is the epitome of an ultimate professional. And every single time Frank Lampard relies on him for anything in any game, he delivers constantly. And that is just credit to him as a person, credit to him as a player. I think Frank Lampard always gets asked about um Olivier Giroud, I've asked personally when I've done a press conference with Lampard about how important Olivier Giroud is to the team, even when he's not playing. Um, and they and he's, he's full of praise for him on and off the pitch and his class around training, his attitude with the younger players is just brilliant. And watching that today, perfect hat-trick, added a penalty for good measure and what a penalty it was, by the way, stuck it in the top corner. And I just, every single time he plays, I think, how can you drop him? How can he not play against Leeds? with a performance like that. He is, I I honestly, I'm lost for words. I don't even know how to describe him. He's that good. Well, he wasn't really playing because Tammy Abraham was holding down the best Premier League striker. uh, (laughs) Well, at least outside of three yards. uh, Shout out DCL. Uh, So like (laughs) Olivier Giroud, really without precedent. And he's a player that doesn't really lean on his athleticism. If anything is gone from his game, that's probably gotten worse since we saw him break into the Premier League. It's probably that, but he's so instinctual, so smart, clever little uh, touch passes, back heels. Uh, We saw the two-man game with him and Eden Hazard when Hazard was with Chelsea and in Project Restart he paired uh, very well with Christian Pulisic. I love it when those two in particular share the pitch. There is magic there, is there not? A hundred percent and I think there is absolutely no coincidence that Eden Hazard said that Olivier Giroud was his favourite Chelsea player to play with because he is just so good at bringing people into the game you you don't get that with other strikers and as good as Tammy Abraham has been that is just a part of Giroud's game that Tammy can't offer he can hold the ball up but not to the extent that Olivier Giroud can and the little flicks you know the little the little passes inside and even the finishes against Sevilla so so like a little dink to have the confidence after not playing for however long to 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 be have the ultimate composure in that position there is no surprise that he links up well with Christian Pulisic as well I thought Pulisic had a tough game I thought he's you can see he's he's coming back from fitness but I liked his he was trying he was trying everything he you could tell he really wanted to score but yeah that link up and I think I hope to see that link up in in Chelsea's next Premier League game because I think like the Eden Hazard Giroud one I think the Pulisic Giroud one uh, is gonna could be special and we've seen little glimpses of it haven't we in Project Restart when they were both absolutely brilliant so hopefully fingers crossed 
they can they can do it again in the Premier League, hopefully, if Shiru gets picked. But I do want to kind of advance the story a little bit heading in towards Leeds at the weekend, because as you said, you don't really want to drop Giroud right now. He's playing so well. You don't really want to drop Tammy because he's uh, he's on a good run of form. We're not even talking about Timo Werner as a center forward, plus Pulisic and Ziyech and Hudson-Odoi. Obviously, Chelsea are spoiled for attacking options right now, but how would you handle it if you were in Frank Lampard's position? Everyone always says it's it's a good position to be in and it's a nice problem to have. Um, and especially when you're playing well, I think it's an easier an easier problem to have for Frank Lampard. It's, but that decision is going to be so hard. It's almost like Timo Werner's played a lot and it'll be no massive deal if Timo Werner gets rested against Leeds because we've shown today, we've played against or shown against Sevilla, we've played a very, very good attacking side, a very, very good side. And the nine players that came in, made a difference and they, and they were really really good they were more than capable of winning and we saw that comfortably um we've got to stick with a 4-4-3-3 formation um I don't think Lampard will change that because we've been playing well so well in it the problem he has is he can't pick both of them and I think based off Tammy's performance against Spurs which albeit was his first bad performance not bad performance first average performance in a while this season I just think you cannot drop Olivier Giroud after scoring four goals in the Champions League to make us group winners. I just think it's as simple as that. And I think Timo Werner's played so much recently. I think he's played the most minutes out of any Chelsea player this season. So I wouldn't be surprised if Frank Lampard played Pulisic on the left just to give him a bit more game time, um, played Giroud through the middle, but I still think he'll stick with Hakim Ziyech on the right. Olivia, it used to be a non-starter picking a fantasy team and having a Chelsea (laughs) backline defender or goalkeeper in your lineup because you were looking for problems. However, it seems as though Ben Chilwell has stepped into this Chelsea kit and become arguably the best left back in the Premier League. And now in this Champions League, guys like Rudiger and Christensen, who've been singled out and made punchlines out of, come in ho-hum, clean sheet. Is it the keeper? Is it just as simple as Edouard Mendy and his oversized towel? (laughs) (laughs) I think it must just give a back four so much confidence when you've got a keeper there that you know what you're going to get with them. He is a brick wall. There is nothing getting past him, literally nothing, bar a couple of goals. Um, But I just, I genuinely think it must. And, And Sevilla are a very good side. We shouldn't take anything away from that Chelsea performance tonight. They were solid. Um, we didn't even look like conceding. I think Mendy made maybe one save that it was it was like a little bit of a scramble in the box. But apart from that, I thought we looked really solid, really assured. No no individual errors, which is so good to see having had a season and the start of this season that was plagued by in, individual errors um, at the back. But I genuinely, I do think... You asked me if Mendy, if Mendy's the difference. I think it is, but I just think there's an all-round confidence now in that back four that wasn't there last season, that wasn't even there at the start of this season. But now, even when players step in when they haven't played, there just seems to be a level of performance now that they keep on getting to. And, and that for Frank Lampard is unbelievable. And that for fans, for us to watch us go away to Sevilla, a really tough game in the Champions League, and keep a clean sheet um, is really, really impressive. And I believe it's two goals conceded in their last 10. You talk about from a fantasy perspective. Get, get Mendy. I saw his uh, Mendy's value <laughs> went up. It's up to 5.2 million in the fantasy game. But uh, so now looking forward, and one of the things that we've talked about in recent weeks is how I think the perspective has changed around Chelsea from being a contender to now being a contender, right? In, in all caps and bold letters. How much do you think, as you say, winning the group, 
as opposed to a year ago, you finished runners-up, you draw Bayern Munich in the next round, and that's the end of that. But when it, laying down the marker of winning a Champions League group, laying down the marker of being in the top three in the title conversation this early on, the, the rate at which they're not conceding goals has kind of propelled Chelsea two and three levels forward within the space of a month, six weeks. Like it's a major difference in such a short space of time that the, the feeling around the club. 100% just want to say I have Mendy in my team. <laughs> Buzzing about that. Because uh, usually my fantasy decisions this season have been a bit off, but that's one I've definitely got right. Um, yeah, do you know what? If you'd have asked me this at the start of the season, there is no way I would have said, listen, I always think we can top a Champions League group no matter who we get. But the Premier League was a, is a different prospect. And I think we had so many new players trying to fit into that first team that I knew it was going to be difficult. And I did not expect it to click this early. And I know we're still clicking. I think there's still a long way to go before this team really kicks. And that's the scary thing because you think we're third in the Premier League, two points off the top, and this team hasn't it's they've been playing together for I don't know five, six, seven games, all of them where they've Frank Lampard has found such a nice balance in this team and and that's what we were missing at the start of the season. It was, you know, scoring loads of goals can't defend. Like and then after that it was well we're not clean we're keeping a clean sheet, but we can't, we aren't scoring as many goals and it just seems like now it's all sort of clicking, the balance is perfect. But I quite like that we're sort of going under the radar in a way. Everyone's talking about Liverpool, of course. Everyone's talking about Man City being off the pace. Everyone's talking about Spurs being up there. I quite like that we're just sitting there happily in third place, going about our business, winning our Champions League group with a game to go. And I think those players will each each game just confidence, so much more confidence and to and to top the group, especially after, like you said, what happened last season. I do think this season, the level between the one and twos in the groups isn't as big as it was last season. I think we were unlucky to draw Bayern Munich and that was one of the worst teams we could have got. This season, I still think it's important to top the group because you want to give yourself the best possible draw. But we could draw the likes of Juventus. We could draw the likes of PSG if they finish second in their group. So there, there are teams that you know, we could face that are really good as well. But as for Chelsea team, you go into the group, into the Champions League and you aim to win it. And to do that with a game early will be massive for Frank Lampard. Let's talk about a match. We Let's change things up here, Witty. We usually preview our upcoming opponent in the final segment, but this game seems like a fantasy bonanza, right? Leeds United versus <laughs> Chelsea. We've yeah. eagerly anticipated this match. I know Mendy is riding a relative hot streak. Not relative. There's nothing relative about it. This is a bona fide hot streak right now. Leeds, an all-attacking unit. Mm. You got the likes of Bamford and Jack, mighty Jack Harrison from MLS. <laughs> And obviously, Chelsea doing their thing. I I like what you sort of tried to do earlier in this segment, which is maybe identify a couple of spots for rest. What can we expect against Leeds United, do you think? I think no matter who they play, no matter where they play, they're not going to come and sit back. Marcelo Bielsa will not do that. That's not how they play. They They run so much. That's why I'm so glad Lampard made nine changes today, because we need to be refreshed for that Leeds game because they will give us a, they will give us a go 100%. Um, but I think there's going to be so much space. We saw today how many how many times we got the ball and were making runs into the severe half. There was so much space that, that we could have exploited. And I'd, I'd say we probably didn't make the most of it. But against Leeds, I still think we'll get the same chances. I'm thinking Timo Werner, he gets loads of chances, he gets loads of chances. I've been saying that there's going to be one game where he takes all of his chances and it could be Leeds just because they concede loads of chances, but they also 
will have loads of chances as well. Um, so I expect it to be a tough game for our back line and for Mendy. I expect him to make more saves and be a little bit more busy than he has been, especially against Tottenham. I don't think he had to make any saves against Tottenham. But I, I think it's going to be a really good game. I think it's going to be really open. I think I, I do think it's going to be full of goals. I don't think it's in any way bad to concede against Leeds because they score against most teams. They, they are really good going forward. I think we can, we can like, appreciate that. Oh, how I'd love to keep a clean sheet in that game um, and go on and, and score a couple. But I think that we'll have, we'll have plenty of chances. Purely hypothetically speaking, let's say someone has a team of KDB, Ziyech, Werner, and Calvert-Lewin. Is this a week to maybe use one of their chips, perhaps a triple captain? I like what you were saying about Timo, but earlier in the segment you said we could uh, rest them. Keep that in my back pocket. I'm struggling. I'm, a, I'm in a very competitive league, okay? <laughs> I, am, I am on the bottom of the table. I, I can't oh, lie. Yes, but you, this you is arguably something. the world's most competitive league, uh, league here. Okay. So is it is it triple captain time when it comes to Timo? I personally like saving my captain i just don't think i've got the bottle to do it this early i know a couple of people were were hovering over jamie vardy against leicester against fulham sorry and it's like those games that i don't think i think you should pick a player on form if they're scoring goals if they're in good form but personally i think timo there is a chance that timo could get rested and there is a chance that he will either come off or um come off the bench or start and come off and I don't think you should take that risk on a triple captain you need someone that you know 100% is going to play and just because there's been so many games and he's played so much recently I know he was rested tonight but I think there's every chance with Pulisic obviously playing in that left position as well and Giroud being so good tonight um yeah I think there's a chance he's get rested so save your triple captain but captain KD I think you should captain KDB that's mm. what I'm doing I've, I've got Timo Werner and I love Timo Werner and like I said I do think I do think he's going to get loads of chances against Leeds if he does play. Um, and I think he'll probably take at least one of those. But I think you know KDB's going to start. They've got a good fixture at home to Fulham. So I'd captain KDB. I wanted to ask you, because obviously, uh, given that you're there in England and fans are returning this weekend, uh, how significant do you think 2,000 fans in a giant stadium will be? What, what is, what's the feeling about the return of fans this weekend, especially for Chelsea in what is kind of a derby match, even though you don't really think of Ch- uh, Chelsea and Leeds as kind of you know regional rivals. They have this historic rivalry. Yeah. Uh, what, what do you think it'll mean? I don't know. Like two thousand fans doesn't seem a lot in in a forty five or forty five, nearly forty five thousand seater stadium. Um, but I think just for the players, I think when you watch a game and it's so quiet, I think they will have a real positive Im- a, like, positive impact on the players. And I think it will just be nice for Frank Lampard and the team to just have some support behind them. Um, and it comes, like you said, it comes at a good time. Like at Stamford Bridge, the first game when fans are allowed back in is at home, and it's against a team, like you said, with a, with a historical you know rivalry. And it will be a good game, and I think I think that will have a positive impact. I still think we'd have won the game without the fans, but I think those fans might just give us a little something extra going into this is this massive game. All right, so I just captain KDB. Hold off <laughs> on the triple captain. I, I got I got a bunch of Aston Villa. I've got a I've oh. got an Aston Villa bitten by the bye bug situation here. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm not taking any responsibility if KDB blanks, by the way, because I'm captaining him as well. So we're both <laughs> going to be in the same boat. <laughs> All right, we have a very similar team. Is your yeah, your team do. not doing so hot? Yeah. Because man, it's been <laughs> be laborious. Fair, I think I think your leagues might be a little bit more competitive than mine because I'm doing okay. I'm you know just there or thereabouts. 
Not too far off. I owe like a million chugs. It's it's getting it's getting desperate. (laughs) It's getting desperate over a Drogba eighty eight FC. So we need uh, we need to gather ourselves. Uh, Olivia, thank you so much for joining us here on Chelsea Miked Up, making your first cap. We really appreciate it. Hope to have you on again soon. Hi, this is Ashley Cole. You're listening to Chelsea Miked Up. Well, Chris Winningham, it's been a good show so far. Chelsea make it easy sometimes. It's been more fun <laughs> doing Chelsea mic'd up this season uh, because they're better. They're, they're a better team. And while Project Restart and, and doing all these pandemic shows with you and learning new skills, it's been a blast. And living and dying with whether or not Kurt Zuma can teleport into the box and make a diving <laughs> kick save against Crystal Palace for the life of me. And while that had its own unique fun element to it, this is getting to be real fun right now. This is a, a title contending team in the most famous uh, soccer league in the world. And they're a team that even Sevilla's manager said they're built to win the Champions League. We'll see if they can do it this year. There was a draw against Tottenham, bitter rivals in a London derby that I do want to highlight a little bit. Now, I know we've been Olivier Giroud crazy here on this episode of Chelsea Mic'd Up. The dude scored four goals. Sue me. I'd like to see you try it, actually. I'm very <laughs> litigious. I've got the backing of Chelsea FC's legal department. Come at me, bro. So, Jose Mourinho, not quite masterclass because they didn't nail the, the counterattack. Let's talk a little bit about everyone's man of the match, uh, Kovacic, who I thought was brilliant. Credit to a more defensive-minded midfield. And remember how how we were trying to find the right combination? Now everything's working. Any combination that puts out there is the right one. You have a lot of these players really embracing this competition. But I think maybe too many people were concentrating on the missed opportunities. Tammy had a down game. If Tammy was Olivier Giroud in the air, you probably win this game. I thought Hugo Lloris, credit to him, I thought he was really good in, in moments that lesser keepers would have dropped that result. But the midfield shutting down the tandem of Son and Harry Kane, for me, is the headliner here, Chris. Yeah, there was a really good piece in The Guardian from Jonathan Wilson about how Chelsea have been vulnerable on the counterattack under Frank Lampard, and that this was their most important task in the game against Spurs. Obviously, you're going to be given space, and I think in a year from now, I don't think we'll we'll enter a game like that and doubt whether or not Chelsea can score in that game. So far this season, against the Big Six, Chelsea have yet to score although there have been two nil-nil draws against Man United against Spurs. So that's kind of the downside. But the, the, the upshot is how well Chelsea negated what ultimately the Jose plan is. Defend, bunker in, get a real good shape, park the bus, but also hit on the counter. And Harry Kane and Son Heung-min have been incredible at executing this role for Tottenham Hotspur. And in the second half of this game, Tottenham Hotspur's expected goals figure was 0.00. They, didn't wow. ha- they had nothing going in the attack. So well done to Frank Lampard to set it up. And look, part of that is you, you keep the fullbacks a little bit further back. You make sure that Conte is there to snuff anything out. And Golo Conte was huge in this role. You mentioned Kovacic as well. He's being asked to do a little bit more from a defensive point of view when you have Mount or Havertz playing as an out-and-out number 10. So he's got to do his share of work as well. But 
credit to Frank Lampard to figure out that shape to make sure they weren't vulnerable. They just ultimately have to figure out Without leaving ourselves vulnerable, how do we break teams down? Some of that is just pure attacking quality, and some of that is development of team patterns and all that. And when you're going against a team that's basically playing with a defensive line of six, Tottenham was in this game. It's really hard. City found it incredibly frustrating the week before. Chelsea did this week. At the very least, you get a point, and you're still very much in that title race. Yeah, I thought Chelsea was better in this match by degrees. If I if I was forced to pick a, a team that deserved the three points, it would have been Chelsea. I thought they were I thought they were flatly better, not even by degrees. I just thought they were better. Uh, well, I, I think well that's where you and I will always disagree when it comes to Jose Mourinho's tactics in these big matches. I, I think he he got pretty much what he, what he was hoping for, and just the the brilliance of Son and Kane, which were on a tear, just wasn't sustainable. Uh, you can afford them that. Spurs still made the mistake at the end of the game that could have cost them. You think that stayed with Olivier Giroud? Mm. Because I, I thought the center backs were due for a mistake, being that their cohesion was broken up. Dyer wasn't quite the same player, and Roden almost gives Olivier Giroud the game, but he can't quite put it together. And it stayed with him, obviously, because he put four together <laughs> against Sevilla. There was one other moment that I, I Timo Werner... Uh, uh, sort of uneven this season a ridiculous finish I'm not blaming him at all look when we signed this player got the scouting report from Derek Ray likes to cheat a little bit he's gonna get caught offside I mean he's very fast very pacey he's sort of hugging that offside line the way that Gonzalo Higuain would it's maybe not necessary but also one thing that can improve is his teammates get his timing down a little bit better I thought Mason Mount probably not probably I mean now we have the result in hand should have definitely played that ball a little sooner and that's just some of the stuff that we're talking about with Mason you're not going to need him to be great every game but in that specific moment that would have won Chelsea the game so maybe another hiccup in the growth and development of Mason Mount in an otherwise okay game Um, and really an okay contribution from a really stellar midfield performance I mean willing team defender and all that but just little things to nitpick on and to improve on in that counterattack from Mason Mount, Chris. Yeah, and and I think in those areas that when you have a number ten playing in that kind of role, that's what you you want the exact defense splitting pass at the exact right time. Which, by the way, I think we've kind of underrated Kai Havertz's role in Giroud's first against Sevilla because he carries the ball forward, plays at exactly the right time at exactly the right pace, and that's exactly what you want from a player in that position. I think those are the kind of skills that Mason, maybe even playing with a player like Kai Havertz, will eventually develop. Uh, but for me, the the positive takeaway from that is how good. Team of Werner's finish was. He comes off a Champions League game in which he misses a couple of sitters and obviously confidence is, is a huge thing for a striker and as well for a player like Werner who, you know, Derek Ray also mentioned like his, he's kind of an emotional player and he wants to be on good form and, and, and playing well and you kind of wonder if the up and down nature of his form this year has kind of hurt his confidence but it certainly didn't look it on that finish because woof, that was incredible. We turn our attention now back to the Premier League and a match that we were really excited once Leeds United got promoted. We're going to see Leeds United versus Chelsea. You touched on the history between these clubs. And it's not just between the clubs. It is a historic rivalry. Recent history suggests that Leeds United fans really dislike Frank Lampard. What can you tell us about this? Yeah, so this goes back to their time in the championship. Uh, when Frank Lampard was the manager at Derby, his one and only season there, uh, there was a huge controversy because Derby found out that basically Leeds 
sent, you know, scouts or spies, if you like, to watch their training sessions. I guess it was enough in public view that they were able to stake out a spot and watch their training session. And Frank Lampard took exception to it, as one would, right? You know, again, like, I don't think Lampard was expecting that someone would do that. Bielsa, Marcelo Bielsa, their manager, uh, leads leads his manager, uh, came out and said, I just kind of, you know, turn over every stone. I didn't know this was frowned upon. <laughs> you know, I've, I've, I've done this in other places, and, you know, I didn't think it was an issue. But I guess Lampard made enough of a stink that the Leeds fans are like, why, why are you complaining so much? And obviously you get territorial. And so uh, this kind of became a thing. Then they go on and play in the promotion playoffs. Leeds think that they're going through. They're up in the second leg at Ellen Road. And then Darby come from behind and knock Leeds out of the uh, promotion playoff chase. And there's this thought that, you know, Leeds were never going to get promoted. They get promoted the next year. And now we see Leeds v. Lampard in the Premier League. I'm personally looking forward more to the Ellen Road leg of, of, of this uh, of this this tie than the Stanford Bridge one, but still the 2,000 fans that will be led, and I can't imagine like Leeds United very much, and so hopefully there'll be a good, fun atmosphere at this one. No doubt, even if there are a limited number of fans at that Ellen Road um, half of this Premier League tie, they will be singing Stop Crying Frank Lampard in unison and in the loudest voice. I'm excited uh, about this, and I wanted to really dislike Leeds just from our trips over in the UK and learning more about this rivalry and this team and their supporters and what other clubs uh, think of them. Remember, I got into soccer in the early to mid-2000s, and Leeds were once spectacular in the Premier League and competitors in European competition, but this is really like the first Premier League season that I can truly remember this side back in the Premier League. I like them, though. I like the way they play. Uh, yeah. Pa- they're, Patrick they're fun, Bamford, uh, who would have seen this coming? The uh, the Chelsea product, the, uh, the Academy product, Patrick Bamford, who was, I, I believe not liked by even his own fans in the championship comes into the premier league leveled off a little bit after i picked him up in fantasy and uh, <laughs> he's not scoring with the same sort of consistency he had a, a magical hat trick but this is a fun team in the attack chris and that's the marcelo bielsa way and it's why i'm so excited for this game because we don't see that many teams come to stanford bridge and have a go and we know that Leeds will come to Stanford Bridge and have a go because Leeds went to Liverpool on the opening day of the season, their first game in the Premier League, and had a go. They went at Liverpool, and I think that game finished 4-3, if I remember correctly. But either way, I mean, Leeds under Marcelo Bielsa, he is this kind of, he's Argentinian, and he's known for his style, right? He's, you know, imparted his style on a bunch of people who have gone on to manage in the game. It's attacking, it's high pressing, it's very coordinated movements. It is the most fit team in the Premier League and they just got done beating Everton away from home and they were so impressive in that game. And really, the thing that's kind of the the standout right now about Leeds is that they create a ton of chances, but right now they can't finish them. They've managed to get four points in their last two games, but not for the lack of trying, right? I mean, they've missed so many chances, and you mentioned Patrick Bamford. That was kind of the strike against him in the championship was they created so many chances, and they'd come to Patrick Bamford, and the Leeds fans didn't think he was good enough to get them promoted. They get promoted and obviously scored in the Premier League, but now they're kind of back to their ways of not being able to put away chances. We certainly hope that's not the case uh, this weekend, though, when these two teams meet. And if you're American and you're watching this game stateside Jack Harrison uh, a very interesting player tenacious that guy he kind of has like a Mason Mount type motor too and you can tell Bielsa absolutely loves him I love watching this guy play I know City own his rights I don't know if he'll ever be of the quality to crack Pep's 
Manchester City, and you know what? That's fine. I love watching Jack Harrison play, and he could be at Leeds for the rest of his career, and it'll be an absolute pleasure watching that young man play. Play predictor time, Chris Whittingham. This is a fun game. This game would have been a hell of a lot more fun if it happened earlier in the season, but now I'm surging with confidence at Chelsea's defense and goalkeeping situation. This isn't the uh, the seven-goal affair I had in mind uh, <laughs> back when this Premier League season started, so I think Chelsea, I do expect a little bit more rotation, but I still expect Chelsea to win fairly easily. A comfortable two-goal victory in this match. I respect Leeds' attack enough to think someone is going to score on Eduard Mendy in the Premier League right now. Only other one other person uh, has been able to claim that. So maybe it's Patrick Bamford or maybe it's Jack Harrison, but I do think Leeds get on the board. I'm saying 3-1 to Chelsea. I'm going to say that this is a close one. I'm going to go for the Chelsea mic'd up regular score prediction of Chelsea 2, Leeds 1, uh, because I, I just think that Leeds, on top of obviously their attacking ability, part of the attack is a pressing that makes life difficult on opposition. And I'll just be curious how Chelsea handle it in this game, because obviously it is a completely different style of play than they would be used to, particularly against opponents uh, coming to Stanford Bridge. So I, I, I just wonder how they adjust. I think this is going to be a close game, and Chelsea will win it 2-1. I think we're going to come away from this game saying, wow, Ben Chilwell is a wizard with a ball at his feet because they're going to be pressing Ben Chilwell a lot. It'll be interesting to see what outlet he has. I imagine Silva, once again, left center back, being there to be a support system. But Ben Chilwell is a key. Uh, will he make a mistake? He might. This is an aggressive pressing team, but I, I have a lot of faith in Ben Chilwell right now. I think we have a game. Maybe he doesn't get in on the score sheet, but you see what exactly he brings. And once again, being the difference. Several players, just quality players coming into this team, man. What a wonderful job Marina and the front office did in this transfer market because it's an incredible team right now. We should all be proud as Chelsea supporters and really excited about what's coming. That was our play predictor segment. Remember, you, the Chelsea fan, can go to the Fist Hand app and play the play predictor game, and it's your opportunity to win really cool prizes. Now that fans are starting to make their way back in to the Premier League, now that there's positive vaccine news, there could be a really cool grand prize at the end of this. Just go week in, week out. You have the opportunity of really to earn really cool prizes on that Play Predictor app. Make your prediction. See how you stack up against guys like us. Chris Whittingham, you should have closed. That's going to be the new uh, tradition here on Chelsea Mike Up. You <laughs> nailed an exacto last match. You're on a bit of a heater. Chelsea Chatter is on to, like really underestimating how great Chelsea is right now. So I got to round back into form. I had my finger on the pulse of a slightly disappointing herky-jerky Chelsea team. This is... I got to readjust now, reacclimate to Chelsea being a dominant force. And hopefully, a dominant force gets all three points against Leeds United, a promoted side, although not, not your grandpappy's promoted side <laughs> over there. Well, actually, may, no, quite literally your grandpappy's promoted side, but just, you know what I mean, not a quality. You don't live up to the rep. It's not like Cardiff City coming up and getting you know, relegated right, right back the next season. Well said. Well said, Chris Whittingham. Much better than I said it. Uh, till we speak again, though, folks, and this was a really fun episode. Thank you, Chris Whittingham. Thank you, guys, for supporting what we do here. Love the Chelsea online community that's embracing us a little bit more this year as more people find out that we are the official club podcast. And with that comes amazing perks. Great players going to be making appearances here on Chelsea Mic'd Up. That we can promise you. Even on next week's episode, Chris, you want to tease it? 
Yeah, coming up next week, uh, women's team player Marin Melda is going to join us. So we love featuring the women's team, and we'll do so uh, with fullback Marin Melda joining the pod. I can't wait for that next week. Till we speak again, everybody, subscribe, rate, review of the Chelsea.